So the context for this is I am no longer on the chair that was broken, uh, the sun lounger that was broken uh, in the previous episode. We are but minutes after the conclusion of the recording of that episode, and I'm straight onto this one, uh, because why not strike while the iron's hot, and there's still quite literally batteries in the recorder, and still got a bit of energy. Um, the context is, well, I'm not actually sure what time it is now, I didn't bring my phone or watch out with me. Um, but it's at least half an hour after I started the last recording and that was well after 10pm so we're probably approaching midnight uh, and I need to be up at about 8 o'clock tomorrow morning why? because I will be doing my Muay Thai practice I decided uh, on an absolute whim it was a decision that I made at about 3 o'clock in the morning uh, probably at some point during April uh, this year um, long time ago, um, <laughs> absolute rush decision uh, that I was going to take a month off and do something that I'd never done before. I do not take time off. I mean, I haven't taken time off. I mean, the, the, the reality is uh, the whole point was this is a month where I'm doing absolutely fuck all. Um, I've not done that. Uh, <laughs> I'm like... Uh, well, apart from being sick, that, that being sick does take up quite a bit of time. Um, but I've been, you know, on my laptop a lot, uh, doing various bits. It's incredible, actually, just how much work, how kind of busy work there is as a stand-up. Just like getting my diary booked for April, May, June next year. Um, it was just taken, you know, forever. It's just loads of back and forth, and you know. Some of it is a bit of arse licking of clubs that you've not played before. I'd absolutely love to play your club. Um, thankfully, uh, I'm now starting. This is something that I was chatting to uh, another act about not so long ago. Because uh, he um, has kind of started to break through playing some of the pro clubs. Like I think he's starting to do middle spots at some of the weekend clubs. And he said, oh, so, you know... It's hard work, isn't it? I said, yeah, it's a really long slog, but something does happen when you stay in the game long enough. And I'm, I've certainly not been in the game that long, uh, but long enough to reap this benefit that you put out good work and you get a, you know, you do enough gigs and you put enough stuff out online and people do start approaching you. Um, so off the curb, which is a promoter that I've wanted to work for for a while, um, one of their booking agents cold emailed me to say, hey, I saw one of your clips online. Can we book you for some of our gigs? And, you know, I think I've had a, a couple more of that kind of thing happen lately. Um, so it does get a lot easier, actually. I mean, that's like, that is a, a kind of a zero to one in terms of when you get clubs approaching you and asking you for, for work. The whole dynamic is different. Um, it's like in, in Perth, Australia, like I've never really played the big weekend clubs in Australia. Like I've not done the, um, Sydney comedy store. I've not done the, the, I think it's the lounge in Melbourne. I've not done the, uh, the main clubs in Perth. And I think, although I'd been to Australia a couple of times to do the festivals, I'd not, um, yeah, I think, I, th I do think I might have speculatively emailed the comedy store a couple of years back and then obviously heard nothing from them but then I meet one of the bookers at the fringe and he comes to see a show and then straight away we're talking about wouldn't it be great to get you over to Sydney um, so sometimes it is just unfortunately it is just about 
waiting. And I think that's probably a lesson that's applicable far more widely than comedy. That yes, there's a you know there, there's so much to be said for faking it till you're making it and kind of hustling your way through. Um, but it's probably it's not a nice thing to think, but it's probably true that like the market is probably functioning fairly well. And while it's easy to suggest that you might be overlooked for certain opportunities, um, and you know there are people who are worse than you that are getting other opportunities, you're only seeing those outliers, right? <laughs> like if there's somebody that that you think you're better than, and you've just seen what they've got, that well, you're noticing that because that's just stuck out. You know that might be an outlier uh, for them, uh, just as it might well be an outlier for you. Uh, and so that's something which. I've kind of started to internalize that, you know, my time will come. As long as you kind of stay in the game and you're doing the right thing. Um, obviously, there's nothing wrong with sending that speculative hopeful email. And sometimes there is that kind of, you know, like Stephen, who I work with, he did say, why haven't you just emailed the Soho Theatre? If you want to play them, just email them. And you know, part of me totally agrees with that. And I think he's right. He's like, you know, what, what are you waiting for? Just email the people, you know, get what you want. And I do think that's true, right? Uh, but that, that that can't be true for everything. Like your your policy can't be, I'll just take a chance on stuff. You know, your, the policy should be the exceptional stuff, the stuff that you think you're uniquely qualified for, the stuff that you're especially excited about. That's the stuff where you, you know, roll up your sleeves and write a cheeky email or call in a favor with a friend to get that warm introduction. But your policy can't be get lucky all the time. Like your, the policy can't be, work above my pay grade consistently um so yeah I, I i do i do think this this approach of just doing the work doing the reps doing the good work having a reputation of someone that's reliable and knowing that there are people who are incentivized to seek you out once you're operating at that level and you know this this is this is not to say don't sing your own praises you've got to be boasting about what you're doing at least the extent to which putting your work out there is boasting which i think is the right way of doing it right you know you show you don't tell rather than saying i'm a headliner now um well you put out clips that show that you're headlining brilliantly right um so definitely you should be boasting about what you do and that boasting should take the form of showing your work and showing um you know or, or pictures of sold out shows that you've done because you've um you can sell tickets because people like you blah 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 um, but the, you know the policy can't be take the piss every time. The policy can't be shoot my shot and uh, and hope hope that it all works out. The policy has to be uh, kind of trust the system. And if you don't like the system, uh, they don't try and operate with it at all within it at all. You know if you, if you don't think that that bookers of comedy clubs know their shit, well then don't don't approach them in the first place. Um, so. That's what was I talking about? Yeah, so so yes, yeah, so I've been filling my diary, and it's a bit easier. It's a bit easier because things like filling your diary compound because you can go back to the same club that you've been to before. I can email a booker that booked me this time last year and say, "Hey, do you want me back?" And the answer is usually yes. Um, or you build up a reputation good enough uh, with you know you can say, "Hey, I've been doing work for these guys. Would you like to have me as well?" So anyway, so that that still takes a lot of time, um, and. Um, been planning a bunch of stuff for the Australian festivals. Uh, so heading off to Perth. Oh yes, that's another thing. So I got a warm intro from another comedian for 
the kind of the main comedy club in Perth, and he just linked he linked to two clips that I'd published in the last year, gave a kind of a one line, you know, this guy's worth booking, and then from that I got an email with you know here are eight different dates, would you like them all kind of thing, and it was a nice a nice little moment of pride to think well. I'm glad that my friend made that recommendation and he did so because he does believe that I'm good at comedy and you know he w- wouldn't put his reputation on the line for nobody but also he's only able to send that email because of the work I've done in the last year he linked to the special that I self-released on YouTube he linked to an Instagram clip that did numbers um, at Top Secret and both of those things are through me having kind of put the effort in and made those things um, and so it's nice to think well he couldn't have introduced me two years ago it, well if I'd asked him to he probably would have done but it wouldn't be the same quality of introduction because he wouldn't have been able to link to, to my work that shows that I can I can do it so that was a not really nice thing to see you know the, the kind of the, again the system works and I just need to continue to produce good stuff and put it out there um, and it's hard it's really hard to put videos out there without feeling like you're, you're totally shit but um, that's the game so anyway, so it's just a yeah, whole bunch of admin. So um I haven't taken any time off. I have been working, um planning, scheming, uh stuff for RGB Monster, stuff for myself, um and then the kind of usual life admin as well. Tax needs to be sorted. I've got a couple of bits and b- it's just it's stuff, isn't it? Um but my plan was to come and take a month out. So at least I'm at least, at least out. You know, at least I'm I'm off gr- I'm off grid, so to speak. I'm not um, yeah, I'm not certainly not in the UK, and I'm not um in a place for a couple of weeks. I'm not at a festival. I'm in the middle of nowhere, um, with a month with nothing else on. I kind of made a point of not booking gigs, um, or not booking any of the, any of the equipments during this time, and um, but I knew I couldn't. Do, I knew I couldn't just sit on my ass for. A month that wouldn't work or at least to be more specific i've never gone somewhere without a purpose like i've <laughs> never actually had a holiday whenever i've got abroad you know i've, I've just i love travel i love traveling and meeting people and doing stuff and going to a town for the purpose of a stand-up comedy gig is a great it's a great way of 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 seeing a city that's a great justification for being there um, and when you turn up, there's always like a bit of an entourage, you know, even if you're not a big deal in comedy, there's still the booker of the club will normally meet you at the airport or at least will have sorted you out with a place to stay. Or at least if not, uh, you know, that th- there's a whole bunch of comics that will be glad to go for a drink with you. There's always just people there and, you know, basically wherever you go in the world, there's a, um, little community of, of comics that will be pleased to see you. Um, and so, co- you know, I did, I know, I knew I didn't want to go somewhere for, and I also didn't want to go to like a new city for comedy you know what I thought might be one thing I did consider is oh what if I do Berlin for a month and you know just hit all the open mics and you know ingratiate myself but then I thought oh, what's the what actually what is the point maybe if I really need to work on a new show you know if I've got an, an idea that I'm like I just need to put the reps in actually it's still it's still quite a good idea maybe I will do that um if I'm uh feeling the pressure for my next show I might go to a city where um, I can get an absolute abundance of kind of open mic stage time in a fairly low pressure, um, you know, environment. Anyway, that's new. I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Didn't want to stay in the UK. Uh, didn't want to do c- the Christmas gigs. I've, I've just finished recording the three speech podcast with 
Darius and Justin. And they've both been sharing their Christmas their Christmas gig stories. And every year, every year, comics just it's like going it's like they're going to war. Like they they just know that they're preparing for an absolute fuck up. And no one, no comic has ever had a Christmas season. Oh, sorry, no proper comic. You know, no comic that does it for a living that has to take the work has had a, a Christmas season that they're that they're proud of. It's people who don't normally go out drinking that much or don't normally go to comedy or it's people with their work colleagues. It's just it, lots of... Or venues that don't normally put on comedy. It's pretty bad. Um, so I knew I didn't want to do that. Uh, um, so I, I, I picked... Th- I didn't really pick it. It's just I saw a thing and I thought, well, I'll just go for it. So I picked Thailand because um, I like Thailand. I've been here a couple of times before. It's a beautiful country. And... Uh, it's a it's a cliche, but the people here are really really lovely. Um, big fan of Thai people, uh, and that, that sounds really disingenuous. Thai people, yeah yeah, big fan, yeah yeah, big fan, <laughs> big up big up the, big up the Thais. Um, no, but I mean, absolutely, um, you know, is it like I I actually don't have I don't think I know anyone from Thailand in the UK really. Like I, well, certainly no one that I've ever got really close to. Uh, but yeah, but Thai people in the UK, uh, obviously there are loads of them, right? Uh, but I've never made friends with any of them. Um, but Thai people in Thailand, particularly the ones that speak English, always been so friendly, so nice. Um, so that has been, so, so that was a reason why Thailand's a good option. Uh, also, it needed to be somewhere in Asia to kind of justify going halfway before the Australian festivals. And, uh, Yes, yeah, so I knew I wanted to do something that would just occupy me every day. Some some reason to be here. Um, and I thought about cooking. I thought I could learn. You know, I maybe thought I could do a month of like learning how to be a pastry chef in Paris or something. But in the end, I felt, and this is something I, I've discussed with my therapist, that um, I've never cared that much about my health. Uh, <laughs> surprise! Um, or at least you know I've always been overweight, and it's some it's sometimes bothered me. But you know, as I talk about in my show before or after, I kind of have made peace with the fact that I'm fat and I can do stuff when I'm fat. And as long as people still find me attractive, that's fine. Um, but um, I have had a fairly stressful year, and I definitely have had health as a very low priority. One of the things my therapist said is she said, you know, your body is your business and not in like a, it's your business and no one else's. It's more like you're using your body professionally, right? Like I'm standing on stage and I'm showing it to people and I'm, you know, having my photograph taken and I'm using my physicality. And it's like, ah, that's a good point. You know, this is, you know, there's, <laughs> there's a business case for not completely fucking this, um, uh, this mound of bones, flesh, skin and fat, uh, and so, yeah, so I think fitness was the answer. And so I, I thought Muay Thai, why? Because I knew nothing about it, like literally nothing. And I actually made a point of not researching it because I knew that if I researched it and got down a YouTube rabbit hole, I would put myself off because I'd see people that take it really seriously. Um, like I think it's, the, it's true for stand-up, right? Like if you overthink doing your first open mic, you just won't do it. It would just be like, oh, I'd love to do that. Or you'll like start, you know, you'll you'll be doing everything that isn't the thing like jimmy carl was on a, a podcast talking about this that like you know you've got to do the thing right like if if your plan is to do stand-up you've got to go and do stand-up you can't like buy loads of notebooks and turn up to open mics and fraternize with comics and 
you know, uh, take selfies with famous people. It's like, the, you go write jokes, right? Go and do stand-up. Go and write jokes and perform them loads rather than creating a social media account which has the word comedian in it and claiming that you're going on tour because you've done an open mic abroad. You know, it's like, just do the thing. Um, and I've got to make sure that I do the same with this thing, right? Like, I am not didn't tell anyone, really, that I was going out to do this. I didn't buy a bunch of boxing gear, right? <laughs> I didn't start following boxing influencers. Um, I just found a thing where, like, you can you can stay uh, literally next to an international boxing stadium and just turn up and train with them. And it's very chill. You know, it's like the the booking system for these classes is you just rock up and however many people are there, they just, like, what's up around <laughs> local trainers <laughs> and then just turn up on mopeds 15 minutes later um, to meet demand, right? <laughs> that, that's that's how they deal with elasticity. Uh, very, very nice. Um and there's one trainer which I've been getting on with very well, and he's got a good sense of humour and very poor English. Um, but uh, what he lacks in English, he makes up for in personality. And obviously, I've got basically no tie at all. I'm really trying to learn a few words. Um, but what's lovely is he he's a very emotive person. So like, I can tell when he's annoyed. <laughs> And I can also tell when he's genuinely delighted. And so he's been teaching me a couple of moves. And today, uh, I, like, I really got something. Like, he basically, when you do two punches in a row, you're not supposed to fold your arms over. Um, you know, say so you're punching, like, left, then right, right? You don't do left. And then as your left hand's coming back, push your right over. Like, they don't really cross. You turn your left shoulder, punch with your left completely retreat and then your right hand kind of comes comes over and i can kind of see why right because it's way more powerful when you when you use your shoulder and, and body um and so the trick is to, to kind of quickly move move your upper body uh, to do those two punches in quick succession anyway i did it today and i could really feel it connecting and he felt it connect and he had a really big beaming smile it was lovely he went yeah <laughs> <laughs> I had to stop to laugh uh, because you know he he was it was, was clear that he was genuinely happy that I'd made progress and he said um, he said something like he said um, fitness not good memory very good something like that <laughs> this idea that like I'm learning the technique even if I can't actually um, you know can't actually do the thing yet um, but yeah no intention to fight no intention to be a Muay Thai guy um, but it gives me a reason to wake up every morning. Uh, I have the option to go training at 8 o'clock, way 30 every morning until 10.30. Or I have the option of doing a private session, if I pay a little bit extra, at 10 or 11. Although very chill, I could do it later if I wanted to, but you probably wouldn't want to do it in the heat. Or they've got like the pros, they train at 4. And you can join in with them if you want, but it seems a bit intense. Um, I described it to someone as that's that's the it feels like that's that's the sixth formers, you know, <laughs> they're the ones which are actually like preparing for fights and stuff, not just uh, people over the age of thirty who are worried uh, what to do with themselves. Um, so, um, so I haven't I haven't joined that one yet. Um, but it's nice because every day I've got that, um, and I think other than you know, obviously, I've had first six days I wasn't doing anything because I was so sick but since then I have done something related to my fitness every day but I've not tried to I've not gone overboard I'm still like eating whatever I want to and you know I'm not uh, you know I'm not doing like extra fitness stuff in between but even what I'm doing is enough 
um, you know, the, the, the time does kind of fly by. And I feel really tired after it, which is good. Um, and, you know, I think just generally my whole body is kind of aching a bit. You know, I think certainly the kicks. Um, I thought I was fairly flexible in the legs, but no, I'm nowhere near flexible enough really to, to do these high kicks they expect you to do. But I've kind of like, I've told my body I'm doing this every day. And my body's like, as of today, I think it's kind of realized, okay, well, that's it then. You know, <laughs> we better just show up. So uh, when I've when I'm done with this recording, I will go. Uh, actually, I've got I have a friend a phone call, so I go call that friend quickly, and then I will hit the sack, try and get six to seven hours sleep, wake up eight a.m., uh, drive my little moped, my cute little moped down to the laundrette, pick up my laundry because I didn't realize. I mean, I absolute I cannot wear these clothes more than once. I s- it's not like I sweat through them; they become saturated i mean the context is this isn't i'm not in like an air-conditioned gym i am in essentially it's like you wouldn't even put cattle in this it's just a shed it's not even a shed it's just a roof it's a tin roof that's what it is it's a tin roof with a concrete flooring on which they put some matting and dangling from the tin roof uh scaffolding is a bunch of bags and in the middle is a big ring and that is it um i actually don't think i actually don't think they could make it more primitive if they tried uh no fans even you know like not even not even an attempt at making it easy to work out in the sun is scorching um, but obviously you're in the shade which helps um but i'm just drinking a shit ton of water like i will comfortably drink through three liters uh in the two-hour training session uh so i i mean i you know i would be sweating anyway because of the sun but i am also like skipping and punching stuff and uh doing some stuff for partners which always seems like a bit of a shame i always feel like i'm letting whoever i'm paired with down uh because you know they've not they've not signed up to fucking you know demean themselves with me but you know i've i've just kind of (laughs) i've just learned to be unashamed like like when they when they teach a thing i'll just say to my partner i'm not gonna be able to do this I just want you to be aware. <laughs> just, just to set the expectations absolutely clearly. I will. Um, I'm not going to get this first time round. Um, you go first, kind of thing. Um, but I think generally, if you just kind of have that, you know, f- a sense of humour and a bit of humility, uh, the trainers see this too. Like they know that I'm. They know that I'm trying hard. Actually, I think you know it's clear that I'm not. Um, I think they can see that I am trying to engage. Right, like I'm not. Um, What's the word? I I don't. I'm not like acting as if I'm above it. I'm not um, demeaning it or belittling it. Uh, I all the all the oh, <laughs> every every time when I'm like, uh, I guess the point is that a defense thing I've done in the past, particularly about around things that I'm not very good at, is to just undermine it, right? And that's and that like and, and you know X partners have said that that is an issue <laughs> right that when when you when i kind of reach a point where um i'm no longer able to engage with something on the terms that have been set by the other person sincerely then i will just um joke and you know if i if i belittle it then it doesn't matter kind of thing and i don't think that's a very nice way to live your life i don't think it's very attractive um and i've you know i try Obviously, as a standard, you've got to be somewhat cynical, right? But also, you've got to, you know, you've also got to accept that, um, you know, th- 
things can be important to people. And Muay Thai is obviously really important to these people. They've spent their life devoted to it. Um, and I am entering their space. And like, it's just not for me to say, um, isn't it insane that you're making us run around this ring in this scorching heat? Um, like I'm just gonna, I just do it, you know. I ju- I just do it, um, and I think I think at least the trainers can see that I'm sincerely trying my best. Um, but I'm doing so with kind of honesty and humility. Um, so look, we'll see how it goes. I've got another week of training, and then I'm gonna go spend four days in Kuala Lumpur, partially because you only get a one month visa. And you can you can extend your visa by going to the immigration office, but people have been telling me it's easier just to go to another country and then you come back and you get another month. Um, some people seem to do that indefinitely. You know, I've heard stories of people, uh, particularly Americans, who seem to get away with just literally crossing the border on foot. They go go and drive a car across the border and come back in and get another stamp an hour later. Makes a complete mockery of the system. Um, maybe it doesn't. Maybe that is the system. Maybe the point is, you know, we now we've we've you know. Every month they're making them do a thing. They go, see where they are. <laughs> I'm just looking at the uh, sun lounge that's broken. Someone's going to get really annoyed about that. Who did that? Um, what's your fault? You didn't train me hard enough. I hadn't lost weight yet. Um, actually, I have not weighed myself. That's another point. I've, I've kind of, I just don't, th- I don't think how heavy I am has really matters. Um, I suppose it obviously it, it matters. But what I mean is, it's like that's not the thing that gets measured. Right, the thing that gets measured is, have I shown up every day? And so far, the answer is yes. Um, you know, am I catching my breath quicker after doing some intensive training? Um, am I enjoying it? Right, you know, like the f- first session, I d- no, actually, the first session I did was a private session, and I wasn't sure if I was enjoying it. I was, I was just too focused on. You know, it happened so quickly. You know, like within ten minutes, he was like getting me to do these moves that I'd literally never done before. Um, and also, all these high kicks really kind of triggered something in my lower back. Uh, and I've got, I suppose, what, what do you call it? Latent sciatica. You know, like, I've had sciatica, and I still think um, my back is not fully healed from it, or at least it never does, um, really. You know, you've always got to be hyper-aware that at any point, your discs in your lower back uh, can decide to go on a little holiday. Um, so I remember the first session was I was you know, really um I was just I was just too kind of focused on doing it to enjoy it. And then the next session there was a group session and that I didn't enjoy. Um cuz you know I was I was just quite quite worried about you know I was I guess I was just too aware of the others how long have they been doing it. Um you know and I was also just trying to work out what kind of people they were. You know what's what's motivated them to come here. And it's you know, and, and there was all types. There was like this like Albanian girl who's like looks, <laughs> she looks really demure and petite, but then she gets in the ring and she's just like an absolute machine, right? <laughs> she's just absolutely insanely fit and strong and incredible. Um, and then there's this like German girl who seemed like she was in really reasonably good shape and whatever. And then you know, it comes to like doing some skipping and she's totally out of breath within two minutes, but she's bought all the gear, you know, like she's really keen. Um, or there's a Swedish guy um, who's obviously just like gone through a thing, a breakup, or a, you know, it's like like he's come here to find himself, to reinvent himself. Um, there's a fat bloke that's just looking. Uh, fat, is he fat? Yeah, he's fat. Um, 
and he's obviously like he's fat and he, and he trains without his top as if to go yeah fuck you yeah I've got a, yeah I'm fat and here's, here's my tits um, I don't do that uh, <laughs> just to be careful not describing myself in the third person there's a fat bloke that's me that's my role guys um, I regret to say and I'm going to put this on record because this is supposed to be a diary there might be a sitcom in this there, there is, there's enough of a kind of an odd setting. Um, I, I don't quite know what the antagonist is yet because unfortunately all these trainers are quite nice. Um, you know, it's not like these kind of Thai people versus all these foreigners that have come to train with them. Um, but the setting is interesting. You know, the, the setting of like a bunch of people that have absolutely nothing in common that just have to punch each other. Um, Anyway, I've, that is in the back of my mind. That's not necessarily why I came here, but you know, every life experience can all be turned into art. Um, is there stand-up in me doing this? Potentially, I don't think I've said anything funny in this episode. I mean, actually, I guess the dynamic of like feeling like, oh yeah, they're the sixth formers, they're the bigger boys, um, and also just generally this idea that like, you know, what am I looking to to get out of doing Muay Thai? Um, maybe there's some stand-up in this. We'll see. Uh, But anyway, the, 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 the metric is not me losing weight. Um, although I think I probably will end up, if not by the end of this, if I keep up this doing something for fitness every day, if I keep that up during Perth, which is from which is from mid-January until mid-February, uh, and I'm staying in a hotel that has a gym and a pool, you know, like, a, like that. I've got every chance there of remaining fairly active. Um... I think it's probably a co- you know an inevitable consequence that I will lose some weight, <laughs> but the goal um, is to enjoy this because I don't really enjoy exercise or movement, um, but I do enjoy having something to do and I enjoy getting better at something. And the whole point of coming to Thailand for all this time was to kind of do a bit of a reset. Oh, that sounds so lame. Blech. But, you know, to, I've just had a lot of shit going on. I've not taken a break from stand-up. And I have just been, you know, gigging a lot. Um, and I, I was speaking on the phone to Brendan Burns, who's been an old friend, dare I say mentor, for a while. Uh, he's a stand-up comic of very high repute. and been going for a long, long time. And he really agreed with me, saying, you know, I've, I was just doing stand-up a lot. Um, and, I was, and, you know, it got to the point where, particularly my last show, the one... Uh, which I was just talking about that I filmed, I had to get myself back in that frame of mind of like going through some traumatic stuff in order to then share it. Um, and in the end, it kind of becomes a bit artificial. And I want to go back on. <laughs> I said to him, I said, like, I think taking this time out is going to be good for me because it means the next time I go and next time I'm, a, I'm in front of an audience, I'll be really grateful. I'll be really glad to see them. And I'll be really excited to talk to them uh, about something that matters to me. And he went, oh, what is that? I said, oh, I don't know yet. <laughs> but hopefully I'll find it. I don't think Muay Thai is my thing. Um, but I am gradually now enjoying it day by day. And I'm actually genuinely looking forward to waking up. Not necessarily looking forward to it when I wake up. It'll f- I feel like I should just sleep in. But I'm looking forward to just showing up, drinking a load of cold water, and noticing an hour has gone by, then noticing two hours gone by, and then going, hey, look, now your Saturday is yours uh, after you've after having accomplished something. And that is a very good thing indeed.